Greetings, Commanders! I'm your host, Second Technician Fossil Forester, and welcome to a special episode of The Conclave. The Conclave is Lave Radio's community invite show, where we invite members of the community to come on the show and discuss important topics and happenings within the Elite Dangerous universe. This episode will be a slight variation on the norm, as this episode has been recorded as part of Lave Radio's 100 episode celebrations. That's right, three years after she left the dock for the first time, with over 200 hours of broadcasting under her belt, this beat-up old orange sidewinder has finally got us to 100 shows. So we thought, what better time to get a little introspective, to take stock and appreciate what has taken place in the community over those three years of broadcasting. I was going to call this episode Naval Gazing, until I realised people might think massive fleet battles were heading towards horizons. Anyway, the show will be about looking back and highlighting some of the standout moments we've had in the past three years within the Elite Dangerous community. And I'm very pleased to have convinced these lovely people to join me on the show, as they are all giants in the community, and have been present or taken part in some of the biggest events to have taken place. So, introductions. My partner in crime this evening is Lave Station's chief bar steward and host of Elite Dangerous's longest-running community drabble show, Mr. Grant Psycho Cow Wilcock. I think you'll find it's the only Elite Dangerous <laughs> drabble show, but we'll take that. Absolutely. <laughs> Good evening, Foz. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention that, mate, but uh, just in case people out there don't know what a drabble is, care to explain? Yes, a drabble is a short story of a hundred words exactly, excluding title, and for the purpose of this competition, it's set in the Elite Dangerous universe and put to the theme picked by the previous week's winner. Excellent. Okay, well, joining myself and Grant this evening, if enthusiasm was a superpower, this guy would single-handedly beat the Avengers and the Justice League whilst letting rip with his battle cry of, Squee! The man that has a crash landing every Friday night, yet always seems to come back for more, Mr. John Virgo, a.k.a. Crash. Greetings, Commander. How the devil are you? Yeah, not too bad. So welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much for that awesome intro. <laughs> Next, we have a guy who's been there holding a candle in the dark during the cold years between Elite First Encounters and the 2013 Kickstarter. He is an Elite Lawmaster, Lave Radio's Dungeon Master, and creator of the amazing Elite Encounters role-playing game, Mr. Dave Sellers and Hughes. If that isn't the best intro I've ever had, I don't know what would be. Thanks, Foz. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, very well, sir. Welcome to the show, mate. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Our third guest has been a Closet Elite fan since their early formative years and has attributed the original Elite as their reason they love all things tech. A successful writer, prolific Twitch streamer, and in her downtime, helps out the BBC when they need someone who knows what they're talking about. The ever so lovely Kate Russell. Hello! Thank you very much for having me. What a great introduction. And the BBC can get in line behind you. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what we like to hear. <laughs> and finally, no show about the Elite Dangerous community would be complete without some form of officialdom from the mothership down in Cambridge. These two guys work tirelessly behind the scenes to make sure the community is entertained, informed, and overall knows to be excellent to each other. The Bill and Ted of Frontier Developments, community managers Edward Lewis and Zach Antonacci. Hey. Hello. Greetings, <laughs> greetings guys. What was that, Zach? I said, I'm Keanu Reeves. I knew you were going to say that. Nah. <laughs> I've never heard an intro like that before, Fozzie. It was absolutely wonderful. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, guys. And thank you for the, because uh, obviously we're recording this late at night, so I know that Frontier are a little bit stingy about their overtime pay, so obviously... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no comment on that one. <laughs> we do appreciate the time, guys. We really do. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited. I'm genuinely really excited to, 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 to join you here today to talk about this wonderful community. 
Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, folks. Okay, so the format of the show is going to be very straightforward. I've asked you all to come prepared to share one or two or three of your standout community moments over the last three years. And we've, we've got a lot to choose from. We've got fan gatherings such as Elite Meet, Fantasticon, LaveCon, numerous charity events such as Movember with the Mobra Mark III team, Marathon Twitch streams with Ed, Dave and Mad Dog. Uh, we have the official launch party and more recently, the advent of community-led groups and events in the main game. So let's kick off this Voyager retrospection with Grant. What's been your highlight out of the last three years of community events or all things community? Oh, good, I get to go first. Uh, let's try and pick one that I know someone else is going to go for and ruin their night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to say, actually, it's and it was a, a stream that I happened to catch just, I think, on the last night that it was airing, and it was... Uh, no, I didn't. I watched a couple of them. It was Mad Dogs uh, when he did the streaming for Alzheimer's and raising funds for that. And it was, it was one of those moments when you, you realise you're witnessing something special when the person running a Twitch stream is then suddenly rendered unable to speak by the sheer uh, emotion of having all these people that have been there for the whole week and running up to that last minute where we all lined up and gave them this kind of uh, potentially lethal uh, firing or weapon salute as he then made his jump off into the ether. And it was just one of those really poignant moments that just showed how special the community is. We all got together, we all sort of bought into, whether or not you agree with the cause or not, you bought into the event, you were there, you gave your support either through the chat or just being there in your shipping game to support Mad Dog as he raised his funds. And when he hit the goal and you know reached his, his final amount, you could hear how invested he was emotionally in it. And it was just one of those things that you know you get hooked on people in a community, you really do. And it's these little moments that if you happen to be there when that emotion is there, it's shared. And how can emotion be shared over an internet? But apparently it can be. And from you know it just it resonates with you. And then you've got this amazing hole in your existence the very next night when there's not a stream and it's these these beautiful sort of highs and lows these bittersweet moments are were spectacular but that was definitely one of my standout was just hearing him who's normally you know rude abrasive <laughs> very sort of uh, uh, non-emotional suddenly actually having a real tough time just saying goodbye it was just brilliant absolutely fantastic and for those people that didn't catch it, give a quick brief overview of you know, how long he was streaming and what the cause was again. Well, I mean, I don't think it was a particular... I can't remember it being a particularly long 24-hour uh, stream or anything, but it was along the lines of it was over, I think, a week that he was doing it. Or, in fact, I think it was considerably longer. Yeah, five days, but he streamed for a long time every day. The guy never stops talking normally, so for him to be speechless was <laughs> kind of monumental. It, yeah, and it, just, it, it totally it hit you right in, what, hit you in the feels. You found... <laughs> You, know, you could feel yourself kind of welling up with them and you're thinking, this is just silly, but it's a game. But it's just, it transcends that. It becomes this connection with other people, uh, you know, and uh, heaven help it, if they can transmit sexual diseases over it, we'd all be screwed. Uh, or infected. <laughs> One of the two. Really? That's where you wanted to go with the end of I that? Didn't, I didn't want to Seven go Seven minutes. That's how long it took. Seven minutes. Was that is that about right? Seven minutes. Yeah, seven minutes for Grant to bring out the STDs. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. Kate, were you around for that stream? 
Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was actually just Skyping with Mad Dog saying, how long was your stream again? Uh, it was 12 hours. It was a 12 hour solid stream, what he's saying. And you know what? The, the One of the reasons that I think we're all kind of querying how long it was, even though it was a special, uh, you know, a really special moment and seeing him sort of like, you know, fly off into the distance and he played the, the littlest hobo music and everyone's kind of like all teary and <laughs> oh, bless his little soul. And one of the reasons that we're all questioning how long it was is because there have been so many not over the top many but there have been so many really really memorable charity streams and this community i think over the course of the last 12 months we're speaking to the people from special effect just for special effect we've raised over forty thousand pounds the elite dangerous community um, in the last 12 months and that was alzheimer's and i think it was like five thousand pounds so you know it's just it is mind-blowing how much generosity of spirit and you know thoughtfulness and kindness there is in this community as well i've been booked to do a a talk at an event later on this year where they wanted me to talk about the uh, toxic nature of gaming and actually one of the things that i'm going to talk about and stress is the fact that i see in elite dangerous a resurgence of kindness in gaming because you know the vast majority of the audience are you know we're not kids anymore we were kids when we first played the game we've kind of grown up got responsibilities had to stop gaming had children uh, some of us had children not me obviously you know the kids have grown up left home and now people are returning to gaming and you've got this kind of returners attitude of of mature gamers who are the most inclusive and welcoming group of people that I have ever had the joy to be part of a community with and it's just incredible yeah yeah absolutely Kate I couldn't agree with that more we should just mention actually that you are an ambassador for uh, for special effects so maybe it would be quite nice for those people who haven't uh, seen the special effects stuff just to give you a quick overview as to what special effects actually do yeah, well, Special Effect came to my attention about, about two and a half years ago. Somebody said, oh, have a look at this this charity. You might like them. And what they do, they're a small charity based in the UK. They've got a very small staff. I've been to see them working. And 100% of the money that people raise for them goes towards helping them enable physically disabled people to play video games. So there's none of this sort of like, you know, grand, we're going to cure cancer or, you know, do this or that or the other. What they want to do is they want to bring a little bit of everyday joy to the lives of people who whose whose lives and families have been shattered through either you know a, a, an illness that, that creates physical disability or through accident you know the, I saw a motorcycle rider who who was a gamer uh, you know in his mid-20s came off his bike became a paraplegic and you know was lying flat on his back only able to move his head and his eyes and you know for him have been given back the power to, to just escape from the world playing games again his friends on an equal footing you can't even imagine the impact that that has on the whole family so that's what special effect do they physically disabled people play video games and enjoy video games by adapting controllers and providing technical solutions to their lack of mobility great stuff and it's amazing that we've managed to raise that sort of money for them because again they're not a big charity but they're a very special charity to all of our hearts yeah. Forty thousand over 12 months i think is uh, an outstanding achievement so everybody should be very proud of that as a community yeah, absolutely. I may have preempted a couple of other people's favourite moments by <laughs> giving that number. But... Kate, seeing as you've already stolen some people's uh, thunder already, why don't we just let you plough on and tell us about the excited things that you've seen as highlights over the last three years? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, the charity fundraising and events has to be a standout for me. And, and the 
the biggest one for me was Slough Bells Ringing from the day that I first started playing the game. And we did 14 days of fundraising across the, right across the Christmas period. And not only did we raise £7,500 for special effect, but also I think it was just the whole experience of having, because most of the people who watch me on Twitch actually know an awful lot more about the game than I do. <laughs> so they kind of helped me limp through it. And, you know, I ate an awful lot of sausage rolls and uh, drank an awful lot of Cosmopolitans. And we just had a really amazing 14 days. And it really, I think for me, it forged a lot of friendships, which have become really meaningful and special over the last year and a half as well. So, yeah, absolutely that. Slough bells ringing. And from that, of course, spawned the Sidewinder Sports Days and doing all of these sort of Sidewinder Sports and and that as well, you know, getting together with community members inside the game and just doing stupid stuff is amazing. You know, on my charity stream, I don't know if you remember, uh, you probably do, Karash, but so on my anniversary stream, when I was giving merrily giving away prizes and, and everybody just formed a, a moving bridge of ships and Karash sort of like spanned <laughs> out into the middle of the, of the canyon, bouncing on top of people's ships. It's just amazing. <laughs> I saw an opportunity, I went for it. (laughs) But Kate, I mean, what did your family reckon when you decided you were going to uh, ignore them pretty much for most of the Christmas period and spend all of your time playing a computer game that they last saw you playing in the 80s? (laughs) Well, my family are quite used to me ignoring them over Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? It's funny. Um, To this day, really, my family have absolutely no clue what it is that I do. My dad's tried to tune in a couple of times, but doesn't understand what I'm doing or why I'm talking at the camera or why other people are talking in the chat. I think it's just a generational thing. He's intensely confused by it. And my mother, I think, is slightly horrified by it because uh, as a 47-year-old spinster, she's now convinced that this is the way I'm going to live the rest of my life. She's now resigned to the fact that I'm never going to give her children or grandchildren, rather. Um, so, yeah, my mother's horrified by it. My dad is just utterly confused by the whole scenario. Oh, that is priceless. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> What about the other side? I mean, one of my standout community moments has actually been the the community writers. You obviously fall under that bracket as well in terms of, you know, members of the community being able to live out their dream and, and write the stories down and get them published, you know, that they were writing as kids in, in this universe that we all grew up to love. What sort of interaction did you have from the community when you were writing your own novel, Mostly Harmless? Well, one of the really amazing things about um, the Kickstarter process was I obviously ran a Kickstarter to fund the purchase of the license through the Kickstarter with Frontier. And That process gave me a community of 811 people who were invested financially, but also emotionally in my writing a good story over the following year. So they had an awful lot of, you know, support and input and 15 people in that Kickstarter paid to be part of a private Google Hangouts group where I would go in and discuss, you know, plot twists with them and ideas and get feedback on different ideas. It's like having a sort of a a rolling peer group of people reviewing what I was doing along the way. So uh, a focus group, if you like. So, and that gave them a feeling of ownership that I don't, I think it's unusual to get in a piece of fiction, you know, it's really, there's a massive amount of ownership and commitment to it. And I have to say, when Frontier allowed us to start doing player groups within the game, and we had the Hammers of Slough by then, I'm like, there's no, there's me and like, you know, maybe two other people who are seriously Hammers (laughs) of Slough. But now we're kicking butt in game. You know, there's like dozens and dozens of people who come along and fight wars for us and do (laughs) missions to help our expansion. And we're booming in three systems at the moment. But it still befuddles me that there's a group of people who kind of ally with an organization that I created out of a 
really a, a kind of a drunken idea with Mad Dog one day. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's move on to another guest to talking about drunken ideas. Dave, how is the Elite Dangerous role-playing game coming along in Elite Encounters? Well, it's coming on really quickly when I'm not doing live broadcasts, that kind of thing. You cannot blame <laughs> us. You cannot blame us. I refuse to accept that. Hey, it's had its hiccups. It's had its good days. It's had its bad days. But we're on the final stretch now. I think we've, the collaboration with Colin on some of the stuff the last few weeks has been very, very helpful. And it's got, it's got me closer to the finish line than I thought I would get to by this point. So, uh, yeah, we're looking at hopefully uh, closing this off by July. Great stuff. So what about your standout community moments over the last three years then? Oh, God, so many. I was going to start off with a, a charity-related thing, but I'm going to go somewhere different because obviously we've, we've had a couple of charity-related ones already, so I'm going to leave that one for a bit later on when it's maybe a slightly colder topic. <laughs> I've quite enjoyed watching how the, the community has grown and become kind of part of Frontier's ethic as well. The community was essentially there the, the whole time, holding the flag and keeping the place warm and keeping the lights charged up and all that kind of stuff for the, the dark times. And I just think it's absolutely amazing that Frontier has sort of embraced the entire community and all the different things that it's done for the game and all the different things that they've kept going. And I've never seen, and I don't think I'll ever see again, a company that has had such a community spirit. It has really, really surprised me because you you hear all these other horror stories about other game companies or even independent companies sometimes that just say, well, we saw you a lot, we've done all the work now, we don't need you anymore. But Frontier has gone the opposite way. They have done everything they can from, well, just everything I can think of that they could do to help the community feel like part of that experience um they've done it all of it so well yeah absolutely and you know starting from the the get-go with the the kickstarter and it was a different way to to make a game you know all the way back at the start and then you had obviously the the ddf where you know people players investors uh fans had an input into you know how the early stages of the game were developing and it was unheard of and still pretty unheard of in terms of you know games development to have that level of interaction with your player base you know, as the game developed. And for those people that play the, uh, the radio drinking game, I'm going to say that it was a journey. You know, the Kickstarter journey of development with this game was unlike anything else that, you know, I certainly have been a part of as, you know, as a gamer. And I think that holds true. I think that the, the community that has come out of that has just gone from strength to strength. Maybe this is a good opportunity to bring Ed and Zach in. I know you guys weren't around at the Kickstarter, but, mm. you know, what's the, what's the legacy of that? I mean, is it still something that's very much at the forefront of the mind at the uh, at Frontier? in terms of you know keeping the community yeah, engaged and informed first of all dave that was a really really lovely of you to say and fuzzer as well like really genuinely nice to hear and the, the reason why we're, we're doing so much with it is because we care and love it so much and it's so easy when we are dealing with such nice uh, lovely amazing people as as you were saying earlier, and I think that's going to be a theme that runs through the entirety of this episode, is that it's so easy to have such a great community when everybody's just so nice and so welcoming and so friendly. And I've got to say, when we first started out doing this community stuff, it was just me and my own for the first sort of nine months of me doing it. And it wasn't that long after the Kickstarter. It was, it was pre-release anyway of the, of the actual game. But I have to say, and this is where I, I, I do quite humbly say this, it was when Zach came in that really did turn around what we were able to do with the community and what we were able to do. So with that said, introducing Zach Antonacci. Oh, oh, thank you, Ed. You're even getting a little bit choked up here, actually. Do you know what? It's really, really silly. It's changed my life, like genuinely working on the... uh, And and I I hate using the word working because, yeah, okay, it's hard work. It's stressful. It's busy. It's the busiest I've ever been in my life. It's the hardest I've ever worked in my life. But actually, 
Like, it's just been an absolute pleasure from start to finish. It's changed my life for the better in so many, so many amazing ways. What Ed was touching on there, and I know that, you know, it's, it's funny, really. Like, when he's talking, you can, you can really hear when he was just talking, then you can obviously tell that it, it does mean so much. And I think that's the thing is, as a team, I think you'll find that, like, it's one of those things that we sit there and we talk and we really, really do as a team love what we're doing and and that i think is really important that that we love just interacting with the community and and chatting and going to events and doing all the fun stuff and and uh, you know doing the stream and that is as ed said it's because the community are genuinely so fantastic and it's just it's it's such a delight and to give you to, to give you an actual tangible example it's like you know you look at for example we had i think it was the horizons launch it was one of the one point maybe 1.4 launch day or whatever and ed was doing a live stream and he was there for probably about six hours sort of as the servers had been down and and it kind of it had gone well over kind of the the point of where we were expecting to be back up and we'd had a bit more delay and people were still there and and I, I kind of took a step back and I was just watching Ed on the stream and and the community interaction and, and it's kind of that moment of realization you stop and you look and you go these are these are a, a huge group of players you know they've not been able to access the game they've been off the servers for close to eight hours and they turn around on the stream, maybe two hours over where they're expecting to be. And they're still such a fantastic community spirit that they're just enjoying it. They're just chatting along. There is absolutely no negativity. They're just having fun interacting with both Ed and the developers that come on. And I think that's just one, just one tiny example of how incredible the community is. And I think that's the thing is that, you know, we as a, as a team love that. It is genuinely the best job in the world. And then I think like Dave said is that, you know, Frontier as a whole allow us to do that. You know, they, as Ed said, and he did do a fantastic job being able to do as much as he did with just one person. But it's also, they've quadrupled the size of the team and they've done it because they really want community to be at the forefront of everything that, that kind of goes on. So I think for me, an element of all of those things. Great stuff. Dave, you just pick up on that point about the emotional impact of it all. Yeah, I've heard that obviously Ed was getting a little bit carried away with that there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I, honestly, I've, I've, I've had a few deep breaths and I'll be able to talk thing, later, I promise. The thing is, though, that it's, it's not just Ed, it's not just Mad Dog getting upset about the community involvement with these streams. It's everybody. I think the entire community has this emotional involvement and this attachment to the game and its community. It's been a labour of love for the last 20 years, basically. And I think that side of the community is the one that seems to be carrying a lot of this emotion with it. We've been involved in this game for a long time. I mean, first I called me the lower master at the start, but that only came out of the fact that I wanted to keep it going. I wanted to keep the elite feeling going. And whether that was through Uli or whether it was through the EBBS, if anyone remembers that that far, and all that stuff. The community reactions to a lot of different things that goes on and the way that Frontier reacts to the community's things as well. An example I would give is... There was a guy who's, who, was it his mum died recently, uh, a few months ago? He asked Frontier if they would name a planet or, or do something for her. And they did. And you, you guys actually pulled out all the stops and you named a planet for that guy's mum. And that's the sort of stuff that gives us that emotional attachment to it. And that's the sort of stuff that shows us that you're, you're not just listening to us as a game company trying to make a product, but you are emotionally involved with us as people, not necessarily just as gamers. And I think that's a big difference. That's a huge difference. Yeah, and I want to give a little bit of credit, actually, to that specific example that you just gave. I think that was actually the support guys who, uh, who worked on that. And those guys really, really care, too. So we do have um, a fantastic team there that, that really, really do care about the game and really care about the community. And the thing I was trying to say earlier, while I was getting emotional by accident, <laughs> was that um, it's kind of... Zach genuinely has come along and set such a fantastic example of... of what a fantastic interaction with the community really, really can mean to 
sort of just improving just the general feel around the game and and everything can yeah, i ask a question on that point about the, the the development guys because one of the things i noticed or that, that my um my crew in um slough noticed was when planetary landings happened and we discovered that we had uh, you know bases within our systems and slough you know, I base Slough on obviously Slough in the UK and, you know, Slough Orbital is a station, Slough is a planet, Vespa M4, Westband on the M4. When we were exploring the bases, one of the bases is named for one of the moon bases is named after an area on the map that is close to Slough on the real world map. And I, you know, we that has to be, that's not, there's no way that that was procedurally generated. There's no way that that was random, that a, a town name, and I can't even remember the name of it now, but a town name that is within spitting distance of Slough was one of the distant moon bases within Vespa M4. And it's that attention to detail. It's that, you know, somebody in the development team went, hang on a minute, we can put a little nugget in here that people might notice. I mean, I don't even know if you know about it, Zach and Ed, but, you know, it was it was very definitely noticed by my community and our community. I don't personally know about that example, but I do know that, as you say, about, you know, the sort of the attention to detail that the developers do. They really, really do for everything from when they did the Obsidian Orbital and they had the station building. And then, you know, you look at, I'm actually going to call him out twice on this one, which is Steve Kirby. And he's so amazing. Just as an example, this goes across the entire development team, but Steve Kirby as an example, when they did the Obsidian Orbital CG, and he wanted to really make sure that the people that were involved all got some recognition and that he put in those little things in there. So without telling anyone, he decided to put in the minor factions by different people's names that were involved in that project. And I thought that was a really nice touch. And again, you know, when you look at Chart, for example, and the LaveCon paint jobs and the fact that he decided you know what i want to i really want to do that and he went out there and did it and i think that's really really fantastic and again um, as fozzle will know calling back out on steve you know when those guys came around and you guys will hopefully have seen by the time this kind of goes out some of the stuff that they were doing and i think the developers really do they really really do care and that attention to detail is there so i'm not sure about specifically that example but it, it really wouldn't surprise me if that was something that they did decide to do yeah, they pay attention and it's noticed. And I think that's what makes the kind of like, you know, the full circle back to it's not just us putting money into a game, but we realise and we notice these little touches mean a hell of a lot. I do want to say as well, the reason why I'm getting quite sort of worked up about this is because I've made some just incredible friends. And I, I always make sure I say when I'm talking to people about what I do in community management and things like that, I always say like, I don't ever say, oh, well, because I'm working with such a great community. It's no, I am part of that community now. And I feel like I'm absolutely part of it. And one of the things, one of the finest examples of that are, are events like LaveCon. And I don't want to step on anyone's toes. So I'll really, really quickly just say this. LaveCon and Fantasticon and places like that and the Elite Meet. But with Dave specifically, and I'm hoping he'll go back onto this, in fact, Dave, one of the most emotional, wonderful moments, standout moment at Fantasticon involved you very, very much. So I would really like to hear from Dave if he, hopefully he's following me with what, what I'm talking about. I'm following you, yeah. That was actually the thing I was going to say initially before we sort of went over a lot of charity stuff. But the great Dave Shave stuff at Fantasticon was, even the stuff before at Fantasticon, the, the 24-hour stream and all the, the online stuff before that was one hell of an emotional ride. I mean, I was I was almost in bits on the stage at that point. I don't know if you noticed. I managed to hold it in. But um, to go from minute one, my aunt got diagnosed with terminal cancer in, I think it was May last year. I think it might have been January last year, actually. 
because she was obviously going to have to go through the whole chemotherapy thing and lose her hair, I decided that I was going to do the same. I was going to lose my hair for cancer, but it was in order to raise money for cancer. So I called it the Great Dave Shave. I set up a page. I got all the online people that I knew to try and give me some publicity, which they very kindly did. So those of you who are listening to this, thank you very much. Those of you who are presenting on here as well, thank you very much. And there was a hell of a lot of support from the community. And then obviously Frontier got on board with it. The communities for the streamers got on board with it. The elite fandom got on board with it. And obviously Dan and the Fantasticon crew got on board with it big time as well. Through all that, we managed to raise over 2,500 quid for just one fat guy sitting in front of a computer screen pretty much all the time. And that's <laughs> bloody great going. It just shows, I mean, it's, it's very much a community that wants to get involved and is a sympathetic community and is a, a community that has a lot of friendship in it. And that's to pick up on the thing that Zach and Ed were saying there about the friendship side of things. You are all mates. And there's no distinction. And I have no shame in saying that. Absolutely. Absolutely agree 100%. I'd go along with that. I mean, don't get me wrong, that we're painting a very rosy picture here. And it, overall, you know, 90, 95% of the community is positive. You know, the, the forums take a bit of a turn and there's lots of people, lots of people with grievances on the forums. So let's just get that as people, because I'm sure people are screaming <laughs> at their radios at the moment and say, oh yeah, but what about the forums? Have you been on the forums recently? But it's because they're passionate, because they care about it so much. And I think that's that's actually really important. It's because they care so much that that's where, that's how their passion comes out. And the fact that they're giving any of their time at all to us, just to even just make one comment, even if it is slightly snide or something, I don't know, or, or seen as, as that way. The fact that they're spending that time to put it on there just shows that they care. And that is, that's, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know how much... I'm not that au fait with that many other video game companies, to be honest. So with other video game communities, I mean, does anybody else see that level of passion? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think for me, though, there is one thing. I think sometimes you do hear, like, for example, when people are talking about the forums or whatever. Actually, I, you know, I, I spend quite a lot of time on the forums. And I'm not actually sure that, you know, I think that there are always going to be people, as Ed says, that is that they are passionate and they... um and they, you know, they have, uh, you know, a strong opinion about something. But, you know, also, I think that's that's something that's really important. And I think, as as Ed just said, and I do agree 100%, if people are passionate enough and dedicated enough to come onto our forum, onto, the, you know, that actual site and give us their opinion, I think that's, that's, first of all, really important. But, you know, I also think that actually when you look at the people having the conversations on the forums there is in the same way there is a core group of people that join ed every single week on the live streams there are a core group of people that join all of the streamers every single week for their streams and that there's there's all these different communities and the core group of people that come on and do live cons and they'll do they'll listen to live radio and there's these different pockets there is a there is a core group of people that go on the forum and i actually think that you know when you when you're on there and you're engaging with them these people are genuinely lovely as well i don't think that there is this the forum in itself is negative i think that you have the option to to you know there is the ability for people to express views on there but there are also really incredible people on there on every single platform on there on reddit on our social channels and watching our streams and stuff like that yeah i completely agree with that i think one thing i'd want to add to that is no matter what negative stuff actually gets said on there this this is one of the big differences between the frontier slash elite community and a lot of other communities that include community management people on their forums is that Frontier will always take those comments on board and then rather than coming around and saying, oh, sod you in your opinion, your opinion doesn't matter, bloody blah, we're doing this, Frontier will always come back with a balanced response to everything that's said, even the most negative Nellies that are on there. You'll always get a guaranteed response that is constructive, basically. And that I respect a lot because there's a lot of places, even out with gaming, where you're never going to get that kind of stuff. 
I, I can vouch for that seeing all aspects of the forum and a lot of people think that it's negative. I see more than my fair share of negativity, but I would say overall, it's actually really, really nice. We've seen lots of new people coming into the forums now. A lot of them are remarking, saying things like, you know, wow, for, for a, a gaming forum, this is actually very mature everyone's really helpful it's very friendly and it's just really nice to see that and when you compare it to other game forums out there it, it is actually overall massively positive and, and like you were saying about when you do see the negative comments i think it is just that case of misplaced passion you know people are, they really want to see something as awesome as it can be and when it's not quite as awesome as they imagine it be they get very emotional about it and, and, and very negative but then often when we kind of privately talk to those people off to the side they're kind of like yeah i see your point i see why that's a negative view of looking at it so you know it's it's swings and roundabouts i think it's overall it's very positive yeah no i couldn't agree with that more fantastic point. um just going back quickly to what we're saying about the support team and stuff adding things into game then this one wasn't actually added by the support team but i think it was a story that came from the community about a year ago maybe even two years ago where a player was saying that uh, when he joined the kickstarter you obviously got to name your character and also add to the the, the non-player control the npc database and he put i think it was either his father's name in or his brother's name in and in the time since putting the that name in and then the game going live his father or brother actually passed away and out of just random chance he was exploring and in a completely empty system apart from himself who should be there as another sort of entity in that system but actually the npc that was named after his dad or his brother and just this guy's story about meeting up with you know his dead dad or dead brother in the game and having that sort of connection completely random completely by chance but you know, it really affected him. And, you know, speaking to people that were reading the story on Facebook and stuff, it, you know, it really affected a lot of people within the community because obviously we're all at a certain age now where, fortunately, we're, we're an older generation. We are losing people. But to have them live on within the gaming universe that we play in day in, day out, it means something to people. And it's just that extra level of emotion, that extra sort of bond that we seem to have with this game. You know, it's just that extra layer that no other game out there has. You're not getting these types of stories from your Call of Duties or you know, your Star Citizens or any other game out there that has this sort of level of community involvement or this sort of level of input from the player base. And I remember reading that a couple of years ago and I just thought, yeah, that is powerful stuff, completely by random. But you know, what amazing occurrence for that player to have, what an experience. But before... Yeah, we're bringing everything down. This is supposed to be about a celebration, and that is a celebration. But let's Ooh. go on to Mr. Enthusiasm himself, John Crash. <laughs> what has been some of your highlight moments from the last three years of oh, Elite Dangerous? My goodness, I can say more than anyone else that my list was just the pages and pages, everything. So many awesome, awesome moments. And I, I look back you know, three years ago, and I just look at that and I think, I'm just a fan of this game. What on earth has happened? <laughs> you know, how did I go from being someone who, uh, you know, just this this floppy disc here that, that I play in this game on 10 years, uh, 20 years ago even. And then suddenly I'm getting this phone call. Hey, do you want to help us with this event? I say, Heck yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there straight away sort of thing. But I think the number one thing out of all of it was definitely the, the launch party for me. I still can't to this day believe that it even happened it was absolutely amazing i am just so thrilled to be given the opportunity to do that you know i was just happy to be invited there but then when i get there the day before uh, ed and the guys explained to me hey um 
yeah, you're going to be on stage. You're going to be doing this. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, cool. I'll, I'll fly. Yeah, yeah. And, and absolutely, that that moment where I get up on the stage and I get to use the catchphrase "I bring friends," which was absolutely awesome. It was, it was brilliant. I mean, we all remember the video. It was just so much fun to see that come to life and be a part of it. I look back at it now, and I just, I just keep I have to pinch myself. I think, was that that was that me? It's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, that launch party, again, unlike anything I've seen for any sort of gaming events um, before or since, actually, you know, maybe you might get it in something like a World of Warcraft, but for an actual launch party to invite your backers of the game, your Kickstarter backers down, you know, your fan of the games and stuff, Mm. get the media in there, do the sort of the live shows, the big razzmatazz, the big sort of scale model of the Cobra Mark III. It was just amazing with David Braben standing at the gates waiting for them to open and looking like Bono with his funky glasses on, <laughs> being the rock star that that man is to you know to our generation and to to the players, it was a phenomenal event. It really was, and unlike anything that I've seen before or probably will see again, Dave. Yeah, the launch of the event was absolutely fantastic. But the, what I was really going to kind of point out there was that I was watching something on TV very recently that kind of brought me back to that and rem- reminded me how I felt about the whole thing. And I don't know if you'll um, this is slightly off one side. There's a series on TV called. Uh, Mega Truckers, I think it's called, um, about King's Haulage. And essentially, the episode that I was watching was they were transporting the, the Cobra from the launch event from from uh, Cambridge to Germany to go to Gamescom, I think it was. Ed's waving his hand up and down saying he was actually in that TV show. Are you <laughs> actually, the, you can give the, us a bit more information on Mega Truckers? <laughs> <laughs> Only in the background, apparently. So I'm furious. So in my head, I had this image of you actually sat in the cockpit of the scale model of Sidewinder <laughs> on the back of the back of the truck heading towards uh, Germany. No, nothing, nothing quite as dramatic as that. Apparently, I'm just in the background, and someone sent a picture of me in the actual show, just in the background, just sitting there at the because the, we did the live streams from Gamescom, and they were really, uh, which were, which is actually one of my highlights. But uh, I'm not going to that just now. But yeah, apparently, I'm in the background of that. I thought it was fun. Crash, I mean, obviously, um, your story of community, it's its expanded. You've got a tattoo of the game. How your wife's let you get away with that, I do not know. In fact, how your wife's let you get away with a lot of stuff that's happened about the Elite Dangerous community, I don't know. But obviously, you've got Crash Landing, which is just going from strength to strength. You know, you're an elite ambassador to the game. You've traveled all over the world, exposing the, the fabulousness that is Elite Dangerous. What sort of an adventure has this been for you? just mind-blowing just a completely unbelievable i like i said three years ago i never would have thought any of this was happening i was just happy to see that tweet of off david that first morning at the kickstarter saying yes we're gonna do it that was that was the, the starting point for me and I, I was just happy to see the game coming back and then all of these things that have happened since uh, you know the, the the idea that one crazy afternoon i know no no one's live streaming this i'm gonna live stream it why not yeah i'll, I'll, I'll be the first person to live stream elite dangerous why not you know just just a crazy idea never thought it would take off like it did, let alone attract the attention of FDev themselves and, and say, hey, you know, come and do this at the events. It's just been absolutely mind-blowing. And, and like you said, I mean, my, my family uh, and Amy and the kids have been very, very understanding of the whole thing. It's been, it's been kept me very busy. It's been a, it's been a second job, but uh, I would not change it for the world. It's just been an absolute roller coaster ride. It's just been amazing. And what about that? I mean, both you and Kate and Dave and also Ed, you're very much all heavily involved in the uh, in the whole Twitch streaming thing. And, you know, streaming when Elite Dangerous was first sort of conceived around about 2013, it was around, but wasn't quite at the same level of sort of popularity that it seems to be you know, in the present day. How's the uh, the streaming sort of evolved since uh, since this game first started? And how has the you know, the community around the streams evolved? Um. 
I came into the streaming idea a bit later than, a pe- than other people on there, so I kind of want to sort of look at the way that I saw it involve from sort of one side, because the big ones, as far as I was concerned, was when Karash, Kate, Mad Dog, Fiery Toad all started streaming, and I watched them grow, both as gamers and as streamers, basically. And I think that was the right time for that all to happen, because it did give a huge amount of exposure to the games, it gave a huge amount of exposure to people that were playing those games, and I think the professionality of the people that were doing it, especially people like Kate, who was very, very... I think she was probably the top one about involving the community and involving the chat people within that stream and actually making them part of it. And she does it so seamlessly. It's absolutely amazing to watch uh, Kate's stream. I thought you were um, going to say I was dr- drunk so much surfing your blog. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I what people remember me for, is it? <laughs> <in that background. laughs> it? It's a rather yeah. huge question there, Fazza. <laughs> massive, a massive question actually. Uh, just like about like how streaming has changed in the last over the last three years since you started. But yeah, it is so big. And I think Karash, your point, what you were saying before, really does sort of point that out that you were the first person to jump in there and start streaming so i suppose you're you're really the one to say like how's the how does it feel different now to how it did when you first when you were first I, doing it oh it, it, it's just strange i mean I, I never expected it to take off as much as as it did uh, and and even more so and uh, as it was moving along i thought once the game was released i thought no no one would really have an interest listening to me anymore i didn't think there would be continue to be an audience but it absolutely has just gone from strength to strength it was never intended i know i never did anything special i was just incredibly lucky i cannot stress how amazing it is to to be as lucky as i have been in the last three years but yeah it, it, it has changed so much i mean I just looked at, I saw it as a gap. I saw that, you know, there was a lot of other things that Frontier were doing to get the, the name of the game out there and, and get, make people aware of what was going on. Um, and I just saw it, you know, I just saw it at the time. Justin TV was, was big at the time. Lots of people were starting to pick it up and say, hey, this is... Justin TV, wow. Justin TV, yeah. That, that was my original account. I think I lost the first four episodes of Cross Landing because they were on wow. Justin TV and it never copied over. Um, but yeah, it, it was way back when then when I started it. Uh, and it's just just got so crazy so popular seeing these things like the sporting events and things for the some of the the big titles out there and stuff like that and Mm. it's just been really really awesome absolutely you know the uh it's really interesting um thank you very much by the way for the wonderful compliments in terms of streaming but you know actually I'm, I'm now a partnered streamer and I have, I think, something like 85 people who subscribe to my stream each um, month, you know, continually. Um, I'm having people who have subscribed for seven months in a row now um, and people like donating money and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, one of the reasons that I had the confidence to step back, those of you who, who follow my career on the BBC, I've been doing a weekly uh, package for them, which I get two days a week to produce it. So it, it, I can't go that deep. So it's not been, it's, it's been brilliant and I've been doing it for over 10 years, but it's not that satisfying anymore because I can't really go very deep into any topics. And one of the reasons I had the confidence to step back from my weekly slot on the BBC, now doing just sort of occasional packages that are a bit more in depth, is because as far as I'm concerned, 10 years from now, broadcast television in a linear fashion is going to be pretty much redundant. I don't think, you know, as the audiences mature and as the millennials who are all watching, you know, streaming and they want interaction, they want to be involved in the broadcast. For me, especially as a, you know, I see what happens on the BBC with things like Country File and stuff and the older women tend to get dropped by the wayside. For me, I think my future over the next 10 years in broadcast lies with live broadcast through Twitch rather than a linear 
prescribed broadcast through uh, an official broadcaster. The BBC can't really move as quickly as the internet in that respect. So, you know, that's, I've really seen this as a good sort of like vehicle to begin to build on and you see your numbers growing I've now got 5,000 followers I regularly get over 200 people watching the stream I've got 85 subscribers and that number keeps creeping up slowly you know five years from now I can see that this could be my main income stream and as a freelancer I have to be you know I have a lot of income streams I have to be very have a very portfolio career but I can see alongside of my uh, fiction writing these two things mesh together could be the mainstay of my income stream and what's really interesting is I'm now starting to get like this week I was uh, got an email from develop conference which is the number one uh, game developing conference in the UK down in Brighton in July and they've asked me to go and speak at their event and and deliver a keynote address to their developers about streaming and how they can connect with streaming audiences. I got an email from an event in LA the other day asking if I would be interested to go and speak to their game developer conference about streaming. Uh, You know, and these are people who are prepared to pay proper money to have me go and speak about it. So I think developing my um, experience and cashing in on me being on pretty much on the ground floor in this respect I see that as as a real opportunity for a different and and more long lasting career as I, you know, I think my audience are going to grow old with me now as well. (laughs) I fully intend to still be streaming when I'm 60, 65, you know, sitting there playing games and going, oh, yes, remember when we used to do this back in the 1980s and 1990s? So it's really liberating and um, it's it's given a, a really fresh and new direction to my career, not only in the streaming but also in you know being invited to go and speak and be be, be a, a voice that can help game developers to understand and i have to say you know in my talks i'll be speaking about the elite dangerous community and what frontier have done and you guys are going to be a very much a part of of what i tell these people about how they can manage and not manage communities but exactly what you said is right ed you don't build a community you don't manage a community you have to be part of the community that's the key you have to be feel like you're part of it you can't shoe your shoehorn yourself into a community that exists and hope to, to profit from yeah. it you've got to belong to it well i'm glad i made one good point i agree with what you're saying okay absolutely i mean from a consumer point of view as well i found myself over the last few years uh, moving away from the typical broadcast media and I, i'm looking at uh, netflix and youtube and twitch i mean uh, before i started doing twitch myself I, I i wouldn't even thought of sitting there watching other streamers now i'm, I'm you know it, joining up with the other streamers every day and every day a chance to get and it is very much that interaction it's it's just yeah. a, such a wonderful thing that you, you you feel like you're part of a, of a community rather than just sitting there absorbing something it's really awesome La- last year i was invited to go and speak at a private meeting um at itv for their production executives about this very thing about the idea of inclusive and interactive audiences and and when i told them about the audience retention and how long people engage with me on stream they were practically salivating in their coffee seriously it was like Really, people will sit and watch you for three, three and a half hours engaging with you and being interactive with you. And TV can only dream of that kind of engagement. 
I've killed the conversation with my point. No, no, I, I, I th- it's, it, you're, you're absolutely right. And um, Frontier Developments, of course, have taken notice. And with Zach being on board and Dale and Brett, also members of the uh, of the community team, that, you know, self-proclaimed amazing community team. Well, that's me saying that about the other guys in the team. Those guys have allowed then me to do the things like the streams. Like we were saying, I do a lot of the streams. I do Tuesdays and Thursdays now. I did the 24-hour live uh, Christmas stream as well, uh, which um, I don't know if that's a segue on to my sort of favorite moment i i don't know uh, why don't we actually to pick that up and say that you know maybe it's time to actually hear from yeah the guys from frontier developments yeah. themselves let's hear what your yeah. standout community moments have been over oh. the last three years well my list like i said it's changed my life and now that i'm a little bit more together i can probably talk a little bit better about it it's this job if you want to call it that um, has, cha- has genuinely changed my life. And I've met some of uh, the most amazing people that I've ever met in my entire life. I really did have, struggle to pick one one moment. I really did struggle to pick one moment today because it starts off with the premiere that Crush was talking about, being on stage up there for the first time in front of people, uh, these people that I had a lot of respect for. The fact that I was actually representing a video games company was just so huge for me. And going back to the live streams points, seeing that community grow around the live streams and the regulars coming back every single week to watch and, and every single time it just warms my heart to keep seeing those people turn up in the chat like there's a few guys in specifically that i can mention that come every single time and i absolutely love it and genuinely i feel so humbled about it but also dealing with the the groups in educating ed and learning all about that little tiny sprinkle of imagination that these groups and that's so important in community and i don't want to step on zach's toes because i'm sure that he'll talk about this in a minute but all that it takes and that's when i go out there and i talk to press because you might have seen me talk in, in a pc gamer interview recently the thing that i say and the thing that i stress yeah okay the mechanics about the game are amazing they are incredible the thing that makes the game so special is the community that populates that game all they do is sprinkle a tiny tiny little bit of imagination on top of the the mechanics that are there in place and they come up with things like the fuel rats like the hut and truckers like the ess like canon basically all you have to do is look at my mug collection and you can see how how awesome the, the, the these groups are and you can't mention, because uh, Zach, stop me if I'm stepping on your toes here, but the ambassadors and meeting the ambassadors. Were you going to talk about the ambassadors, Zach, at all? Or? Uh, a little bit, but you can carry on. We'll just I, well, we'll mix it up. It's fine. Yeah, I'll do yeah. half of the ambassadors. Yeah. Cool. I, <laughs> yes, well, just getting to meet these people, and you can't, you can't do a community uh, episode about how great the Complete Dangerous community is without mentioning the ambassadors. And Karash did talk about it earlier. He was the original ambassador. And no disrespect to any of the other ambassadors who all have their own reasons why they're amazing. But Karash is is the embodiment of the word ambassador, <laughs> Gen- genuinely. Like he is, if you, you think of ambassador, if you could put ambassador in the Elite Dangerous Dictionary, there would be a picture of Karash's face right there. Um, <laughs> Uh, and there's, an, there's, but there's like a US equivalent of you. There's a guy called Resri who also does some live streaming and just meeting these amazing people and going out with these amazing people and the face-to-face involvements that I've had through Elite Dangerous, those have been the, the community highlights for me. Although the internet has a very special you know, place there too as well. Just meeting these people who are so dedicated to, to the game and love the game so much and really helped me fall in love with it too. And Kate, earlier on, you were saying about how you learned how to play the game on a live stream. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell me about it. Every single week with Educating Ed, I am I look like such a moron every single time. But that's why they it, keep coming back. <laughs> yeah, I know it's because it's it's the silliness, but uh, you know it's half real and, <laughs> and half put on. I've got to tell you. But 
it all comes around to me in one big sort of meeting point, which was the 24-hour live stream. Uh, and I have to say, again, if it wasn't for Dale Brett and Zach, that thing would not have been a success that it absolutely was. Raising £25,000 for charity was just, just mind-blowing. Do you yeah. know what's special? Because that also was for special effect. And special effect every year run a big event, which is actually coming up on the weekend of the 26th to the 28th of Feb, uh, called Game Blast. And their goal for each year for their big fundraising drive is always £100,000. You guys in 24 hours smashed a quarter of what they normally target to raise to, to keep the charity going and changing so many people's lives. So mm. over the course of a year, it was yeah. mind-blowing. And the fact that you stood up and did it as well it was just honestly oh, everybody yes. was i was in tears <laughs> yeah no and i would have been if i wasn't so tired it was a really strange it was a really strange experience but then you know and then just having like david braben sitting down next to me on a live stream like what who gets to have that like every other week you know for oh david you want to come on the live stream yeah sure okay like who gets to have that and like just <laughs> these and spending time with these incredible uh incredible developers but again this is back, going back to this is this is focused on the community and those educating ed moments for me they that has to be my highlight like just meeting these amazing groups and 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 having some of the best gaming moments of my life with these people because of what they do in gaming because of their passion for the game like i i don't think it gets any better than that i genuinely don't and that goes on to like i said it all comes together in some sort of way seeing this community build up around the streams as well and people coming back regularly to to take part culminating in the 24-hour live stream which when we raised tons of money for such a wonderful cause and having Barry from Special Effects sitting next to me, you know, almost having a breakdown, having to leave the room really quickly because he was about to start bawling tears. It was just really, really special. And there's the Elite Meet and, I don't know, some, does Zach, you want to talk the Elite Meet? I don't know. Somebody... Somebody take away the microphone. Take the microphone off him, Zach, and uh, let us know what it's been like from your side of things over the last three years. Sure. Well, I think, I think Ed, in Ed's answer, in Ed's very, very wonderful, beautiful and long answer, I think Ed has actually managed to cover oh. everything. Zach, everything knows, Zach, Zach really knows how to um, make me feel good. That's why he's a good manager. He just, he just, he's dead good at making me feel good about myself. You. Not on air. Anyway, so I think for me, the Ed's right. I think there are so many. There are just so many different prominent areas that you could talk about. And I think that it's almost doing it injustice to to just pick one um, element because I think things like we're not going to get to it, but I think like the growth of the groups and their politics and everything else that went along with that is really kind of fantastic. And what I'll try and do is roll the other two up into kind of one. Uh, the highlight, the one thing that I, I think for me sums up community is actually the live events. So I think uh, I know that the Elite Meet, I didn't actually get to, to go to the, the player-led Elite Meet last year but i'm talking about things like we had gamescom uh, we had egx uh, we had our first official elite meet at gamescom where players came from absolutely everywhere i mean we had people coming from i think finland and sweden down just to be a part of it we had people flying over just to come and join us at kind of elite meet and be a little part of that that community gathering and but you know i think that that these live events and whether that be egx where you know we got to do like live streaming for the first time or uh from from the from the show floor as it were or the fact that you know at egx we also had um the live panel and we were able to invite some group leaders over and um and some streamers and other people kind of came along and we got to to let them get some front row seats at the at the panel as well 
And I think, you know, I, I think it's just a really, really magical experience going to any of either, whether it be EGX or Gamescom or whether it be uh, LaveCon, which I think is another absolutely fantastic thing. I think one of the, I think there's, there's something that is, is probably we don't shout about enough, which is actually meeting people in person and, and being able to spend that time uh, with other super passionate people that love the same sort of stuff that you love and being able to chat to them and, and be much, much more than than even a community. A community is a really fantastically strong word, but actually it's being way, way more than that and actually meeting these people. And once you've met them and you know them, and, and that I think in itself is just just incredible. So I would say, you know, things like Gamescom and LaveCon and Elite Me, Fantasticon, and, and all of those different events where, where you get all the players that kind of come together and share those experiences. I think that is, is a really, really fantastic highlight for me. And then I will also roll that into, this is not the same thing, but I'm going to roll it in anyway, uh, which is the dedication from the players. And I think that 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 kind of is relevant because you think that you know it's the players that do so many of these different events like LaveCon and Fantasticon and and Elite Me and you know they kind of the dedication from the go, those guys we talked about EGX and you had Reinhard bless him came over uh, flew himself over just to come as strictly speaking he was only coming to see the panel so he flew himself all the way over just to see the panel and then he decided he was going to stay there for the entire weekend just to do ambassador stuff. He wasn't even planned. He wasn't part of the ambassadors, but he was like, do you know what? I'm here and I love the game and I love the players and I want to talk to people. and I want to show people the game and I'm going to do it. And I just think that is so incredible. And, you know, and Ed talked about Karash and a crash, you know, every single person, every single person in this, in this uh, call right now um, shows that huge amount of dedication for the game, for the community, for, for getting involved and, and just having a fantastic time. And that dedication is, is absolutely something that, you know, that's what makes the game up. I mean, Karash, how many, how many have you done? Karash, how many uh, ambassador trips have you done now? Uh, all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just so all many. of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two, two E3s, a couple of Gamescoms, uh, you know, a lot. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen the man be, so, you know, I've seen him be physically unwell and still in, in just a couple of days, he, he's coming, bouncing back and he's like, I really want to get in again. I really want to do some more stuff. And you're just like, and, and I mean everyone, every single person in this in this call right now, as well as so many different people, so many dedicated people on the forums. And yeah, so for me, it's that live event, meeting people and actually really knowing people. And then also that fantastic dedication that the community have, whether it's coming back to Edstream every single week without fail um, and taking part or whether it's running an event or whether it's something else. I just think that for me is the highlight from this community. Great stuff. I mean, I can talk about the flip side of that as well in terms of you know what the community think of the the devs and stuff. From I think I can't remember if it was our second LaveCon or maybe the most recent LaveCon where uh, I had one guy who obviously bought his ticket. He came over to me and said, um, I- "I've just been sat uh, having a beer with 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 Sandy," and I'm like, "Yeah." He said, "Well, I I thought they would be in a back room somewhere. I thought yeah, I didn't know they were. I didn't realize they were going to be." walking amongst us they, you know this guy had an idea that you guys would all sort of be you know, carrying under your uh, you know, your rock stars you'd be carrying underneath your jackets and being squilled out the back entrances back into your stretch limos and back out onto the road the, the concept of being able to actually stand at the bar and talk about the people that you see every day on the forums or you hear about in the newsletters who are talking about making this game who've been there since day one that i think is what surprised a lot of people in the community about the development team, just how willing the development team are to, you know, to get involved, to come down to, you know, to mix with the fan base. And, you know, that's been the the case since since day one, really. I mean, we had uh, the original LaveCon, which 
it was literally just Alan, Chris, myself, and John. Yeah, we'd done the podcast. We'd done about sort of twenty shows, and we'd never actually met each other. We just met on the on the forums, but we never actually clapped eyes on each other. So the idea was that we'd meet up in Cheltenham and we'd we'd hand over this hard drive of of sound effects, and we posted on the forums that we were doing it. And if anybody was in the sort of Cheltenham Spa area. Uh, come along and before we knew what we had we had about 60 65 people rock up and say yeah we're gonna come we're gonna get hotel rooms and let's make a thing of it and from the get-go michael brooks who's been to every single lavecon said yeah absolutely i'll come along and yeah he, he sat there on stage at the front of this you know 65 people we didn't have a game we had a lot of concept art we had some ideas we had some you know some theories about what we we're going to do but he sat there and he you know he did a q a for about an hour hour and a half and then stayed and you know had a drink and signed stuff for people and that has never changed from the very first LaveCon all the way through all the other events like Fantasticon, you know, Elite Meet. There's always been this wonderful sort of willingness from the development team to get involved with the fans and come down and talk about the game and just talk about it really nice and, and casually. You know, I mean, if you talk to Mike Evans about his, uh, you know, the gaming mechanics of balancing the weapons and stuff like that, you can have a conversation with that guy over a beer for 45 minutes. Talking about power play with Sandy Samarco, same sort of thing. You know, he will quite happily chew the fat with anybody about you know, just the process of making this game and the passion that comes across from these guys when you're talking to them is just phenomenal. So, all fair play to them and credit to the uh, to the dev teams for, and yourselves for you know for getting involved and coming along to all these things. It really does add a lot to the community. Crash. Yeah, I was just going to apologise because I think it was at that, that first LaveCon where I burst in the door coined my catchphrase greetings commanders and i think at the time you were trying to plug a microphone in underneath the table i think you might bump your head so i've never really said sorry for that false that very specific moment of you bumping your head on the table that was my favorite moment in the last three years thanks ed dave yeah i was gonna say the the way that wavecon originally came out was fantastic i really enjoyed the fact that you invited everybody else to come down and spend time with you guys which was great um, it was also an experience to see that you know people from Frontier that I'd been talking to and I'd developed a bit of a working relationship with through sort of doing some of the background stuff before um, were there. And that Michael Brooks, who essentially at that point had become a bit of a, a legend to me, and a bit mm-hmm. of a, a sort of minor demigod, was there. And then I discovered I was sitting next to him for the Q&A session, at which point I completely panicked and had a panic attack on stage while I was trying to talk to people. And I'm sitting there basically blah, 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 blah not even knowing what I was saying. No, I, I, thought you, I thought you held it together pretty well, considering. Um, Do you know that to, even to this day, I cannot remember anything about that? No, you did a, you did a fantastic job. But yeah, again, you know, everybody just got involved. And I think that first LaveCon, again, it, it was bizarre because it was the first time the community had come together in any sort of, sort of physical format. And just the ease at which everybody you know, interacted with each other. And again, we've, we've got this thing in common where we all played... Well, most of us played the, the game in 84. We played Frontier. Some of us played First Encounters, if, if you didn't have an Amiga. And we just had this sort of this shared experience which just made it so easy for people to, to chat. And even before we had the, the LaveCons, you know, going back to the very beginning, uh, we had this wonderful community that came around on the Kickstarter comments page. You know, maybe we need to spend a little bit of time on that because that's something that's now sort of long forgotten. But at the time, it was just this phenomenal community. I don't think any other Kickstarter has had that sort of level of interaction on the comments page. I mean, the Kickstarter comments page, it wasn't a forum. It wasn't a chat room. It wasn't set up for that. But people were there day in, day out, just chatting away. And I think it's because we all love this game. 
but there's such a void. Once you left the playground, there wasn't anybody really that you could talk to about elite and about your love for it. You know, as we all got older, we lost that sort of that ability to talk about it. So you know, finding a central place where other people love the game as much as you do was a, a massive find and a great sort of revelation for people. And the community literally just sparked it on from there. Kate? That Kickstarter, the comments thread on that Kickstarter was insane because it has to be the most fundamentally unuser friendly place to have a, <laughs> that kind of conversation and you would you would sort of like look away from your desk for, look away from the computer screen for a few seconds there would be like 150 new comments <laughs> it was just insane and I, you know it was the people in there who said to me you know go for the go for the writer's license go for the writer's license and this is one of the things, and as people who follow me on social media will know, I also speak now on um, on crowdfunding. I'm making quite a good career out of speaking engagements off the back of the things that I've learned <laughs> through this process. And, you know, that's one of the key things that I say to them is you've got to engage the community because it's the community that will be your ambassadors. It's no good trying to get Stephen Fry or, you know, some other big social media, big hitter, although Stephen Fry has now quit Twitter again. But it's no good trying to get some social media big hitter to give you one passing mention. You're much better off plowing a whole load of time and energy into um, getting the, the, the people already invested in your success through the Kickstarter, chatting, communicating with each other, driving each other on the whole jaunty thing right jaunty jaunty so jaunty became synonymous with upping your pledge and upping your pledge and upping your pledge and that was through uh you know one of the one of the backers called jaunty jaunty campbell who would always be there going yay everybody let's you know let's go in for another five or let's go in for another tenner and then occasionally the creator would appear on the chat which was obviously david braben and everyone would be like completely starstruck but it gave us that accessibility to somebody who you know we'd grown up with since the 1980s being a, a, a rock star really you know where most people follow <laughs> rock stars and boy bands and what whatnot we were all kind of like getting gooey eyed over you know david braben and it just it was insane it was insane the whole experience was I don't think I will ever be able to replicate the experience of that Kickstarter. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And again, he's a he's a strange idol to have when you say, you know, I, I'm going to meet my idol at the launch party and stuff. And it's like, oh, who's that? Um, David Braben. He's uh, a guy in his uh, you know, mid fifties, and he's a game developer. And yeah, he's not someone that stands out as being you know someone that would be your your stereotypical childhood hero. But he is an absolute true gentleman, and I had the privilege now of you know seeing him on a number of occasions and interviewing him a few times. And I mean, the guy is just so humble. I mean, I didn't realize until recently that. Even simple things like referring to him as the creator, he doesn't like. He doesn't like because obviously elites he made with Ian Bell, and he just he's he's really against the idea of being called the creator because obviously he was the co-creator of the original elite, co-creator of the universe. So you know he doesn't want people to think that he's taking credit for things that he he hasn't done. You know, whereas really he, he could, he's a rock star to all of us, but he just he just wants to be seen as you know someone who has co-created something. You know, is part of a bigger team, and that's the great thing about David when he talks about the the game. He always talks about yeah, the community on the one hand, but also the the development team back in Cambridge uh, and in Canada, and the and the whole sort of team efforts involved in making Elite Dangerous. And I just think you know, sometimes it can be a bit risky meeting your childhood hero. For those people that haven't met David Braben, you know, I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed if you meet this guy at a meeting or an exhibition or anything like that. He is an absolute gentleman, Dave. 
Um, yeah, I was just going to follow on with that. Um, there was, I've been lucky enough to meet both David Braben and Ian Bell, and in both situations I have had this whole starstruck thing going on, where I've had a whole thing planned that I wanted to say to them both, and then it's always come out as blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, I met David Braben at the launch event, and I had this whole, I'd packaged up a set of dice for him, and I put them in one of my pockets, and I had it in my hand. I had this whole speech planned that I was going to say to him, like, thank you all for all this, for all that, for all that, as a, as a token of such and such, for a chance to do the RPG, here's here's something for you. And it came out as, thanks, here you go. <laughs> so, I don't handle pressure well. They, 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 they always say you should never meet your heroes because they'll always let you down. But to be honest, I have found the opposite to be true. David Rabin is so down to earth. The few words I've actually spoken with him and then the sort of speeches I've heard him make actually on stage and so on, I love the guy, and Ian Bell's the same. You know, a very humble guy, a very quiet guy, uh, but a lovely guy. So two lovely guys. So yeah, you can you can have a better a better set of co-creators. He says very carefully. <laughs> I don't want to be smacked over the head with a copy of the game. After some of the content that obviously we were making up as the, we were waiting for the game to appear, we had obviously the Thargoid and Ferdinand, um Dockers coming out of that and various different things, BS News. Uh, I was quite surprised to get within 15 metres of David Braben, never mind to be able to shake his hand. Uh, unfortunately, you know, one of the, the wonderful things about the internet is of course the, uh, the anonymous nature of not having your face plastered or over these things, which meant that I had the ability to actually get that close without David actually recognising who I was and uh, knowing what some of the things were that we'd been mocking him so well kindly I'd say lovingly it's a lovingly mock Dockers definitely is definitely is yeah actually uh, Dockers is one of the things that I had on my one of my sub well not just Dockers but the the creative content that you guys have come out with and seeing the episode of Dockers recorded live at the LaveCon when was that which LaveCon was that where you did a live where you had like a, a cast of 20 25 people it was and the and the smashing of the mugs in the and all those kind of crazy little memes that have come out of the most ridiculous things and I will I, to this day I, I cannot explain to anybody why every Everybody shouts mug whenever there's a a, a, a a raffle prize that's a mug, and the people who weren't there for that episode or weren't there for the you know the formulation of that meme were kind of like, what's the thing about the mugs? It's just like I uh, I don't even know, I don't even know, but it's funny, <laughs> so we shout it. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say it did start from actually the live radio chat where we were kind of pointing out that David Braben is just too nice in those videos and he's just too nice and of course with Michael Brooks being quite nervous looking in them we put two and two together and came up with five and always suggested that you know when that camera cuts from David Braben he's cursing and swearing at people jumping them up and down and, and kicking the wing mirrors off of Michael uh, Brooks's micro not that he's got a micro but we just you know in the absence of a game in the absence of something better to do we came up with whatever made us laugh and then some of it unfortunately has stuck and become yeah become dockers and some of the other various projects that we've created well, that's the thing we're going around for three years you do seem to uh, build up a few uh, more than a few uh, in jokes which is, is good but also confuses the hell out of people that turn up and listen from episode 97 <laughs> mug anyway i think um we've waxed lyrical now for getting on to the best part of two hours here folks and what i'm going to suggest is that we draw this uh, this wonderful sheen dig to a close any final thoughts that people want to uh, to add that we haven't covered on this wonderful sort of trip down memory lane this uh, this retrospection about the community crash 
Yeah, I, I'd just like to say a massive thank you to everyone uh, that's been involved in the project, the, the fans at Frontier for bringing our dream game back again. And uh, it just everyone that has done anything towards uh, the, the game in the last three years, it's just a massive thank you. It's been an amazing journey. Ed? Uh, yes, it's. Um, I just wanted to quickly say, uh, obviously we spoke for two hours and we were only supposed to be here for about 45 minutes or something ridiculous. So you can see that we probably could have each picked one topic and talked about that single topic for about two hours. And that is because we have such a group of dedicated, awesome people and we've had such an amazing time these last three years. And on to another three or four or five or six or seven. It just shows, It just goes to show... The passion, that's right, Karash, the passion that we have and how awesome the community is that we could talk about it for such a long time. I do want one little, last little final plug as well. Uh, two more, actually. Uh, one of them is the American contingent uh, of the Elite Dangerous community who are just as awesome and just as uh, active as the sort of the Brits because obviously we're over here and 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 we have a lot of sort of interactions on on live streams that we do and things like that and we don't get to see those guys because they're all asleep when we're doing our stuff um, but when I'm over there doing shows and, and, and things like that a lot of those guys and the ambassador team that we have over there and things like that they are absolutely incredible and so I'm just just a big shout out to those guys and then finally yeah please do come along and watch our streams uh, youtube.com forward slash frontier developments forward slash live we do regular streams on tuesday and thursday and uh, yeah 7 p.m gmt and they, they are a lot of fun seeing as ed started it off let's go around and just see where if people wanted to follow you guys and i'm sure they do if they don't already uh where they can catch up with you starting with uh with you kate twitch.tv slash kate click at kate russell on twitter generally and actually my kind of final thought just really quickly if you don't mind Not i wanted all. to give a big shout out to you guys at lave radio because you have kept people kept the buzz going when there was no game um you helped me write my bloody book with your technical uh, evaluations when i was too busy writing and i couldn't sort of get in and, and do all of the uh, read all of the technical specs on the forums and stuff and i would download your podcast live <laughs> radio podcast and listen to it while i was out running and go oh that's interesting so that's happened oh that's happened and that's happened and it saved me an awful lot of reading through that uh, one year leading up to the game release and you guys have just been solid you've really uh, helped the community coalesce around a really fun and engaging um, broadcast so thank you to lave radio uh, who and, and making LaveCon as well you guys are up Super quick fun fact about Lave Radio. I listened to Lave Radio whilst preparing for my interview before I first got this job. There you go. Hey. Uh, how they employed you, I do not know based on that. And suddenly all the technical inaccuracies that are in the mostly harmless books suddenly all make sense to me, Kate. <laughs> No, yeah, right. It's your fault. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, that's great. Thanks, guys. Uh, Dave, what's your final thoughts and where can people follow you? Well, first of all, live radio sucks. I don't like live radio. It's, it's nonsense. Don't, don't, don't listen to it, anybody. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, seriously, I, I echo that. So my final thoughts would be, I have to say that what I've found out over the last few years is that everything that has made me feel quite special in this community that we're in has all been down to the community community has backed so many different projects from different people and the fact that they've backed stuff, stuff that i've wanted to do has been awesome and i can't thank everybody in the community enough so if you're listening to this and you know who i am then you're probably one of the people that i should be on my knees before bowing to because you're you rock a little bit of sort of proof of that is that on two different occasions at different conventions my wife and my mother have both looked around at the people that are in these conventions and the people that are talking to me and that have come up and said hello to them and me 
and they've both looked at me and said, you know what? I understand it now. Yeah, definitely. So I'm filling up again. Shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, well, yeah. you go and get a hanky. Where can people find you? <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash You can have a look at the website for the RPG at daftworks.co.uk. You can follow me on YouTube at youtube.com slash hughesd73. And I'm on Twitter as well, hdselzen, and just look for Selzen Lake on Facebook. And I'm in game as Selzen Lake as well. So there you go. Is that a big enough list? Yeah, just did that. Okay. <laughs> uh, Crash, where if people don't know, and I'm sure people do know, where can people find you? Or uh, anyone can just uh, go into a quick Google, k- crashlanding.com, K E R R A S H. Find everything about me, uh, my Twitter, and my twitch uh and i i have merch now i have a merch store at popular request of the viewers <laughs> how crazy <laughs> is that i've just gone to crashlanding.com and it redirects straight to twitch what's that about i'm lazy and i haven't made a proper domain ah! <laughs> there's links at the bottom of the page it works <laughs> brilliant stuff and uh grant taking you all the way back to the beginning of the show uh where can people find your travel show well, yeah, you can find me everywhere. Um, I think there was a point when I managed to be on absolutely every single podcast or Twitch stream going, uh, sometimes in the same week. So, yeah, Abracadrabble, uh, you can get to abracadrabble.com. If you want to join in this week, actually, abracadrabble.com forward slash new will take you straight to the forum page. Post your Drabble there and you can be part of the show on Friday, which is twitch.tv forward slash psychocow. Great stuff. Okay, and finally, the the wonderful gentleman from Frontier Developments. What about your personal Twitter handles, places where people can find the Frontier information, and your Twitch stream? All right, uh, Ed, you want to go first? After you. No, after you. No, I think you should go first. I'll, I'll do yours. If you you can follow Zach at at Antonacci. Zach Antonacci, is that right? If you're going to do it, at least do it right. I'll do Zach, you can follow him somewhere. Follow, Google him, he's on there, I don't know. Yeah, just Google my name, I'm the only one. (laughs) Alright, and I'll do Ed's then. Thanks, Ed. Uh, So, Ed's, uh, follow Ed on Twitter, which is uh, at Edward C. Lewis, I believe. That's right, yeah. What is yours? Is yours actually at Zach and Z-A-C, but with an H in the middle, right? Yeah, I think so. Just Google yeah. my name. I'm on there. Z-A-C-H-A-N-T-O-N-A-C-I. Yes. And also, obviously, uh, Elite Dangerous on Twitter and Facebook and the forums and everywhere. Have I missed anybody off? I don't think so. I think that's going to do it for another episode of The Conclave. A massive thank you to Grant, to Kate, to Dave, to Crash, to Zach, and of course to Ed. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. Until next time, guys, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
Ah, oh, damn it. No worries, guys. Hold the fort for two seconds. I'll be right back.